Hi there. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> okay. I got my camera sitting right in front of your face, so that's not so good, but otherwise. Oh, oh no. It's my um, fault. I've just tried to de-smudge. Did you de-smudge? You don't look smudgy at all. Really? Okay, great. Welcome to the DP30 Emmy Audio Pod. Oh no, I know. I've, I'm, is that too bright for you? Because no, no, it's, you look great. I know, not me, just the I know it's intense. Life. You've done the perfect, uh, you know, it's funny because historically on these interviews, we were mostly in person forever. Um, yeah. I used to like to shoot out windows and my cameraman used to say, why idiot? Because <laughs> it was always too bright and it always would wash the person out and it was like. Oh, I bet they loved it. Everyone loves to look a little bit washed out. Yeah. Well, it's 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 funny how actresses get to a certain age or still be you're still younger than that age, but uh, they, the lighting becomes much more specific. Oh right, yeah. Well, good on them. I'm I'm trying to learn about that. You know, people seem to have all their sort of different sides, like the hexagons. They seem to know which one is the correct. Yes. Angle. Yeah. Today's guest on the audio pod, Imogen Poots from Outer Range. <laughs> Horrifying enough. So how are you? <laughs> well, I'm good. I'm good. There's been like a thunderstorm. I'm in London right now. Mm -hmm. um, I was just in New York and now I'm back here and the weather's sort of being schizophrenic, but we got some sunshine, which is very exciting. Very, very unusual for hometown. Yeah, it is. Um, but no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sort of getting the hang of doing all this this way. <laughs> Do you, yeah. Have you gotten used to media in general? um you like doing interviews or are you kind of yeah, it depends right I mean sometimes you get stuck I mean I think it's the um it's when it's like the equivalent of the small talk right and then I can't I just get bored and I say I just say aggressive things oh you just say things to kind of fill the space some but it of depends. our greatest actors have been known to completely make things up on junkets well I know I think this is um yeah more common than I knew and what yeah. a great trend if you have to, you know, I mean, just do it. Why not just lie? Nick Nolte know. used to show up in, in, in his pajamas with a robe. Oh, that wow. was a good one. He wow. told us one time on, uh, I think, uh, Thin Red Line that his, he had false teeth and he started to take them out during the interview. But somebody said, no, no, no. So he didn't have he didn't have false teeth. So, oh, my God, it's so it good. It's maybe yeah. maybe people are all uh, scaredy cats now, you know, very well behaved. Saying actor. the wrong thing is the wrong thing. It sure is. But media training, this is the thing that I find sort of very suspicious, what that's all about. You get sort of schooled in what to say. And it's quite remarkable how people get really good. One of the big things is repeating what the other person said. And so I can tell, usually how I can tell how much somebody's been media trained is by how many times they repeat the words I say in the mm. question. Yeah, that's sort of strange. I know it's, it's just difficult. I mean, it's hard though, isn't it? Because you want to have a free conversation, but you're sort of these days, you're sort of self-censoring, making sure that everything's like yeah. coming out how you want it to and articulating yourself. And it's, uh, yeah. That's the whole point of my format is to, which was not very popular 20 years ago or 10 years ago when I started it, but it, it, to, to get past the junket talk. Yeah. Like the first 10 minutes of an interview will often be, you know, the program, uh, program stuff about working on a show and how much it was nice to work with Josh Brolin, which, you know, we all know is a complete lie. Josh is a prick. Yeah, um, and I say that only because I love Josh and we're friendly. So I know, but it is strange. I just wonder, 
like even with this show it they are certain questions and I get sort of what they have to do but then you someone will sort of be like so tell us about the hole and then it's all like disappear off and make a coffee and come back and you're like you don't care you don't kidding why should you care but I know we've got to do this but it's just yeah it, it, you lose steam I think. Well, there's also so much television now yeah. that it's insane you're like a brain explodes after a while it's it, it's very challenging yeah I know they're really and there are so many actors I mean I'm sure there were always many actors but um it feels like more than ever so many actors and so few filmmakers <laughs> yes well it's uh, uh, yeah it's an interesting evolution because I, I just went to see uh, men the other day oh i want to see that it, what did you think? I, I think it's better than a lot of people seem to think it is i i, I kind of went late and uh i was reading tony scott and the new york times and other people who i like and they kind of didn't seem to like it <laughs> and i think i liked it more than they did i think i uh I think because they're thinking it something like more similar to what Alex Garland had done before or something or that. And I think Alex, I mean, I think Alex has always been weird. <laughs> I mean, he's brilliant, but he's weird. Yeah. He, I think he's brilliant. I think he's one of the great young filmmakers. Well, not so young anymore, but he's one of the great filmmakers of the moment. But mm. um, this was like, it, I think sometimes these things get so seem so complicated mm. that we want something other than the simple here is what it is. Yeah, and what it set out to do. I know, I, yeah. I wonder, because that was uh, Ebert's whole thing, wasn't it? Like you would review a Fast and the Furious movie in the same way that you would a Tarkovsky, but it's like, what does right. it set out to like, do? Roger had his loves and his... It's funny, it's, it's so weird that Roger's been gone so long now. Mm. Then the, you no, know, I, the... I, I would have missed the sort of, the golden years of his criticism, but obviously he's, yeah, heralded. Um, I'm missing that amazing documentary about him. But yeah, it is interesting film criticism now and it's just changed. It's changed a lot. It's very, uh, it's just very unknowable more and more what people yeah. are going Well, there's so many people who think they're film critics now. It's fantastic. I know. <laughs> it's like everybody's going to be a filmmaker because there's so many digital cameras and everybody can be a critic because there's the internet. Yeah. I guess so. so. And then the collective of like someone saying something, like Twitter is just. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just completely nuts. The idea there was once like a couple of reviews in the paper and now it's just like, yeah, Who do you listen to? Yeah, yeah. You know, even when I go to Rotten Tomatoes, I will look for who the writer is from each of the magazines that's listed as a, you know, important or whatever. And I'm like, if I've never heard of the writer, if I've never read the writer before, I don't know what to believe about their, their idea of what a film is. I know, which is shitty because what if they're like the next Eber and then they're just being drowned anyways. Yeah. yeah, it's completely, it's completely nutty. No, to try and hold on to your own opinion and see something without reading the reviews before has never been more important. And then you can yeah. sit halfway through and be like, ah, it's part of trash or whatever. But And it's never been harder to do it because the studios yeah. now have a system where they want to show it to the junket people first and then the junket people offer their opinion, which is sometimes reliable and sometimes not. Right. Um, you mean like the focus groups? Or you no, mean like the uh, people who do interviews before, yeah. you know, three weeks before the movie or whatever it is. And I, my format sometimes fits in there, but often does not. Because um, taking a half an hour to junket day is not really an option for most people. No. Um, but it's like those guys are actually pros. They're working constantly. Those guys are actually doing it. But are they really fine film critics? It's yeah. hard to it's hard to make that judgment. How did you end up not being a journalist? Ah, because my folks were. Is that why you asked that question? Yes. Uh, That's actually one accurate thing then. Because there's so much stuff written on the internet, which just 
<laughs> like she's raised with llamas and then people are sort of assuming that that's like completely true um are they, you saying you weren't raised with llamas are you denying that you were raised with llamas no i'm just i'm just laying that laying that trap you can believe what you want to um my father was a llama but he also was a journalist he was a media journalist so he wasn't like a print he worked right. well it looks like he was a documentarian Yes, and he still is. He's still getting stuff made. It's amazing. And I think that's, I mean, it's so cool. To understand the miracle that anything gets made is a very sort of precious understanding, I think. Like, it's just insane that anything can ever be made. Um, but yeah, they were journalists. And then I think it's interesting because I pay a lot of attention to like certain critics um, and what they have to say. And so, of course, when they're reviewing like something you've done, it's like, Oh boy, you know, you have to like, it's very strange. It's a yeah. very strange relationship. Um, Jim Sheridan once said to me, I, I, I was a big, big, big fan of um, In America. Oh, and so Jim and I hung out during all that period. And he would say, well, you know, the last time I got close to a film critic, the next movie, they murdered me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah. Indeed, I didn't, I didn't review his next movie because I would have had to murder him. So <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's very, it's very strange. Cause of course you, you know, in the same way that I suppose a critic gets to know an actor through their work, it, it can happen the other way too, if you're paying that much attention, but um, it's certainly, yeah, it's a very spooky thing that someone would speak about your work. Cause of course, a lot of the time you make stuff and then you, um, you kind of forget it has to, come out it's like rehearsals for a play and then you sort of have to perform the play that's the missing piece it's the audience but mm. it's, uh, so have you ever good. gotten criticism that really helped you Ooh, <laughs> never got that question before um yeah i think there have been some helpful things along the way that you sort of it's when someone feels that they have the right to share a piece of information that's going to help you um, and it's often quite a sort of, it's that stern challenge coupled with a sort of, it's a taking you seriously, I think. Mm. Um, sort of like you have to just get completely humiliated or naked or whatever it is in order to then have an opportunity. Um, and I think along the way, actors have done that for me, for sure. I remember once, I remember we were doing this movie called A Late Quartet and everyone was, uh, had to learn a musical instrument. And I was, I tend to kind of keep quiet, like a table reads and things. I'm always just like, cause I'm listening, to, I want to listen to everything. And um, I remember everyone had learned how to play their instrument and I hadn't been the one to sort of say, oh, I've learned something too. And then Philip Seymour Hoffman was like, well, show us, show us what you got. Like we've all kind of shown you, you know? And, and it's that chance of someone saying like, speak up, like take yeah. it, you know, we'll support you. We'll you know, the coolest thing, taking up that space also, I think. Didn't is. Dustin Hoffman direct that? He directs one called Quartet, ah. and I was a late Quartet. But yeah, it was but like- I think the they were like the same year or something. Yeah, they were. I think like, they were both at Toronto at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's so strange how that happens, like vampires yeah. and pot plants and quartets. Yeah, very strange. Mm. Um, but that seems to be, it's when someone cares about you, right? When they see your potential and they want to, push you a little bit well Phil was it. so into actors and that I mean it's one of the great losses beyond losing him is his the way he, you know labyrinth and everything else in New York and how he really supported other actors yeah 
generosity of like yeah a titan i know it is funny isn't it because there's a type of actor and i think the more i do this the more i see there's the ones who are sort of bitter the ones who just kind of it's still torturous but they it's never to do with anybody else you know mm. it's just like a full understanding of what it is to be a team um which i do think we had on this show actually which was kind of you gotta remember what show you were talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah on this show um no we we did we had like a lot of um like everyone just kind of was looking out for each other which doesn't always happen i don't think so um, you're often isolated on this show i know she's a little bit of a loner but what yeah. a delight because normally you know as a female character you're sort of hauled up with some dude in the back of a motel so this is quite <laughs> breath of fresh air actually so, so when as you got into this, was there something yeah. where you said, "Okay, I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna be fiction, not nonfiction," and <laughs> this is oh. what I'm interested in? You mean in the sense of behind the character, or when you decided acting was a thing for you that you were gonna oh. fall in love with? Yeah, I well, I was um, I didn't have that moment, you know, because you, you hear people talking about a moment when they were so young. And I wonder, you must hear that you must have asked this question many times in different iterations, but some people are like, I always knew I wanted to do it. I was always in my head a lot of the time. In hindsight, I can see why I started acting because it was an outlet for everything that was distracting me all the time. Um, and I remember finding a lot of things at school just completely pointless, like gym, just... <laughs> What you know, why would you have to run around in a circle? I mean, this is just insane. Um, and now I look back and I'm like, I can see the beauty of sport and all of that. But yeah, um, I started doing like a theater group, like an improvisation group when I was a teenager and still sort of fearless enough to just do stupid, stupid things and get a real kick out of that and fall over, you know, metaphorically in front of people and that be just one of the most valuable things that can happen to a person, I think. You know, so acting. was it the response or the freedom to let yourself behave however you were behaving? Yeah, I think the latter. Yeah, there's just a sort of um, lugubriousness or um, a way of thinking that wasn't being um, limited or, you know, truncated. It was like explore it further. And then alongside that, because I was doing it when I was a teenager alongside school. And I remember it was like a secret life because you're like being taken seriously in an adult environment. And then you go back to school and someone shouts at you because you're eating a banana in the corridor and you're just like, well, you know, what is this? Is this the wildest authority like in out, you know? Um, but yeah, I just always, I just absolutely loved it. I couldn't believe that you could do that. Did you think it was going to be a career or did you think it was kind of just what you were doing at the time? Well, uh, I wasn't quite sure. I didn't know if, um, and still to this day, it's taken a minute to get to a point where you, you know, this is what you do. Because I think without going to drama school and without having that kind of credential handed to you, there is just a different understanding of when do you begin? When did you mm -hmm. begin? Have you actually you know, do you have permission now to do this from who and all of those things. Um, but yeah, I just think it was sort of from, from that age onwards, it just 
carried on. But it's hard to know, like anything. I mean, anything artistic and understanding how many other people were going to do this and wanted to do it. And um, and then you've got to sort of forge your own path within it if you're lucky enough. That's you seem to like variety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I just... I just didn't want to, I knew what I didn't want to do, but I was also probably like a massive snob. Next, I was like, that can happen too when you're young in that way, you know? But it didn't seem like you wanted to do, you know, 10 years of neighbors or whatever, or what's the British version of that? Looking back, I'm like, wow, that'd be a great gig. Um, I, there was, yeah, there was, there was some things I didn't want to do and, and wasn't part of therefore, but, um, it's it's so it's so wild to even attempt to have any control over it apart from watching movies and then thinking oh gosh that's that's extraordinary that that's like a a possible film you could get to do you know um behind the curtain of all the other sort of obvious films right that self-education does it feel like you've fallen into the right places because you're you you've worked with a remarkable group of people in front of and behind the camera yeah, it's it, oh God, it's really difficult when it's your own uh, set of bones that you're dealing with, I think, because in hindsight, again, um, if I think about the movies I love, like the fact that, and Lily doesn't know this, but um, I Shot Andy Warhol is an exceptional film and story. And I remember seeing that years and years ago and being like, wow, Lily Taylor's career is pretty damn amazing for an actress in that crew and her peer group and all of that. And right. paying attention, like, it was like her, Martha Plimpton, Samantha Mathis, like what they were all doing. Um, and then you kind of have to pinch yourself like a decade later when you're like, oh, you're getting to work with an actress who you were floored by. And you can't lose sight of those sort of strange things that you set out to try and find. So know? do you take things away from the actors you work with or are you, pretty much who you are as an actor i'm always taking things away always you know i think that's a symptom of um you know i I put it down to like not going to college or something or not going to drama school where i like Mm -hmm. i still let it all permeate um well you were professional when you were pretty young i I guess but it's hard people who go to drama schools often are like you don't work till you're 22 or 24 you were like you were you still a teenager when you started working professional? Yeah, I was like 15, 16. Yeah. And I think there's pros and cons to both, you know, because, um, yeah, I have friends who started in their mid-20s and I'm like, wow, you had like a boyfriend. And like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, wow, you avoided like all sorts of weird eating habits and like you're so mentally stable. <laughs> it's so nice. Um, yeah, so I think it's like just different different battles you probably fight in each arena in that way um so how did you end up on outer range did you audition or do they just call you and you're perfect or no it was a script a script came along and have have you seen it i have oh wow (laughs) impressive yeah i've I've Um, engulfed the entire show oh well done (laughs) good for you um it it came kind of in the form of a script obviously just the pilot and then I, I made a tape, you know, these days you just make tapes, which is just mm-hmm. the strangest thing because I'll now sign like, I'll sound like I'm very old, but 
back in the day when you would go in and you'd audition and there'd be like people there and you'd have a time and a location and it was just so nice but a lot of people prefer taping um but it was a self-tape and then I I didn't like it and I did it again and and then just send it off are you a nervous auditioner or were you all you are comfortable I actually when you were back with human beings yeah I liked auditioning because there was something really um there was nothing left to lose like you could just go and like leave it and be sweaty and bright red on one side of your face the strangest things are audition rashes because they're not normal like blushes they're just like these it's like if you get marks when you remove sunglasses either side of your nose it's just those kind of I love that you know (laughs) so you like going in there and seeing all the other people and no that's the worst but you just you go and you go sit in the toilet cubicle until it's your audition time and then you go that's the so way. you did your self tape, yeah, twice. <laughs> right. And did you know how much did you know about what was the soul of the show aside from having some sides? I mean, did um, you have a full script of or anything, or no? I had a chat with Brian, who was the writer who wrote the whole beast, um, and I really trusted him because it's so wild. You have to like commit to projects with TV for years without knowing the full story. It's actually insane when you think about it and shows just how deeply everything's changed. But um, (laughs) I really trusted him because he sort of could give me, you know, some form of a synopsis and um, told me what was in store for the character. And, um, but I I loved the script. It felt, I've always really loved, Americana in the sense of like the American myth and the, right. that whole that whole theme so it felt like it fell into that so did you did you know all the way through the first season what was going to happen or did you have just some sense that she was many characters going on inside of this one character yeah there was a, I, I kind of had a sense something would happen because I kept having conversations with people and I think they forgot I hadn't seen the entire bible of right. the show of the season and so they'd say um you know she was because she's really unhinged and I was like well I haven't uh, <laughs> haven't got there yet I've just been yeah. given episodes one and two or something but um I I yeah I had some sense of what was going to happen but not that extreme um it's kind of like Josh and Lily have kind of relatively stable roles and you and Will Patton have the the real and the and the the singing blonde brother Billy, yeah yeah yes. exactly those exactly. are the big journeys going on i think in terms yeah, of character there are. shifting there are and it's interesting because i suppose with lily's character you know the crisis of faith which is the sort of anchor or perry with the death of his wife there are these sort of very for those character arcs you know there was like that center hold where with autumn it was kind of more of a jackson pollock like <laughs> <laughs> find something in there yeah. So is there fun in shooting it or is it, do you like developing the character more or what's, what's your turn on in terms of what's your favorite part of it? Um, I, I loved making this one, which I normally, I'm normally at my happiest when I'm working, I think, depending on what the project is, but most of the time. Um, and I've had a couple, you know, experiences on jobs, which are just like, life-shattering life-shatteringly cool like really 
change your life, you know, like the people you know all of that. Um, and this felt like one of those, this felt like a real, I don't know, we were just, it was because of the pandemic likely too, you know, we were just locked away. We were like in this bubble, it was just us. And every weekend we were kind of hanging out. So I think the work element and the life element fused to such an extent that you're just, you're just being for seven months. So how long ago did you shoot? How long ago, how into the pandemic was it? Um, it was January, 2021 through to August. So long time last year. Yeah. So it was pre-vaccination pre or just right after vaccination? I remember the beginning, we were like, are we going to be able to get the vax? And yeah. like, we don't know, it's unknowable. And, and by the time, I think April, it was like being rolled out in New Mexico, but yeah. yeah. Um, it's amazing how we all forgotten that there was a time where there wasn't a vaccination and there wasn't like, we're angry at the, you know, we got stuck in the masks and it was like, but we didn't have a vaccination. I know. I know. It it's, changed. Really, it's really crazy how quickly those things normalize, isn't it? Um, yeah. Even the idea of, you know, suddenly being back at work. Like I remember during lockdown, just thinking how the hell is anyone going to make any movie ever again? It's going to have to be like, Yeah separating out all the actors with the chalk stick it's just yeah. you know well you've walked worked since then i assume no i haven't you really haven't okay i'm i've given up no i haven't i just <laughs> um yeah nothing yet has kind of hit the soul and it's some things that would hit the soul you know someone's probably doing them so right before this i guess you did um virginia wolf yeah, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? That was a couple of years before, yeah, in London. Did a so was that a return to theater for you, or is that, or have you gone back a number of times in the middle? Or no, that was my first play. Funnily enough, I I always wanted to do theater, and then I you, at some point you just have to hurl yourself in um, with a willing hurler, and that was the director called James McDonald, who. I had been aware of my whole life because he came up with Sarah Kane and, you know, Cal Churchill, he does a lot of her stuff. Um, he's incredible. Yeah, that was a very special job because also just going over the same material again and again, I hadn't had that since I was like a teenager or, you know, going to study a book in class or something. It was just addictive. I was obsessed with it. Um, is Honey hard for you? Was Honey hard for you? Mm, yes, of course. But also, I think I know I could connect to that person um, very deeply. It's sort of the person who, you know, you put so many masks on top of and so many the, the social abilities and fluidities. But she's just so... Um, impossibly polite that sort of pathological politeness which must be covering something broken or sinister and um yeah I've, I knew a few women like that you know that nervous energy which is just you grew up in England yeah <laughs> let me tell you about I'm just it. thinking how it must be a different show in England than it is in America yeah I'm sure so much of those traits are so different well, exactly. I mean, there's, yeah, rudeness and honesty. That's the real 
fascination, isn't it? Trying to figure that out. The other day I was at the airport and this guy at baggage claim was trying to figure out, he said, you know, which is our baggage claim? He was on my flight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, oh, it's that one we saw on the screen. And we walked over together to pick up the bags. And he said, oh, what were you doing in LA? And my heart sank because I was like, I don't want to do this thing. Like, I'm tired. Why are we both doing this to each other? And he asked what I did. And I said, I'm an actor. And I felt myself getting very rude. And then I I needed to go to the restroom. And I, I actually had this conversation in my head of, I need to let him know that's what I'm going to do. I just met him. And I was like, being English, I just got back to London. And I just wanted to shoot myself in the face. It's just... Yeah exhausting anyway get back to america and just get on with it yes i'm, I'm married to a british woman so <laughs> oh and who's who has she sort of become less uh well she's very she's americanized british woman she's like it's and she her father was scottish so there's mm. a little bit of all that going on but the politeness to others outside of our household she's perfectly fine being not polite at home <laughs> But yeah well exactly add a stranger into it and it's like where did she go yeah. <laughs> but it's funny isn't it because if you if you are thinking about what you're saying and if you take time to pause and kind of construct a sentence especially in environments like this with zoom that's perceived as being sort of awkward or mm-hmm. as a very i still can't quite figure out that you know, the persona as an actor, as uh, who you are, you know, all of these things is very confusing. Does um, it matter to you? I mean, I, I, the, one of the things that's interesting is I feel like you've been around a long time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Still I think we've actually, we're supposed to have interviews through three, two or three times over the years and never quite happened. But um, you don't have a persona as such. Mm. your characters many of your characters are very memorable and very clear and and there's that but there's not like this is what you're getting from Imogene Poots that's not her that's not your thing which is interesting isn't it is that a good thing or a bad thing because everything has to be a good thing or a bad thing (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah it's it is funny to me because I mean also the mythologies you attach to certain like Catherine Hepburn you know what does Catherine Hepburn mean to each of us or Picasso or the idea of that person um and whether that's just us or whether that took work to kind of put that out there and um how much work (laughs) a lot of work but also putting yourself in a situation where like obviously I'm different I hope to when I was 17 in the same way that probably when you started out doing this you're like yeah you've changed and maybe movies you used to like you don't really think much of anymore and your taste changes and you still have to you know you 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 change on camera right literally and your opinions and well it's often that you somebody an actor will find a role that ends up being the thing that defines them forever and ever which can be great or a nightmare <laughs> you know it's like there are actors yeah. who i think are actors and actors who are movie stars and the movie yeah. stars don't have a lot of sp- a bre- breadth of, of performance and the actors do but, huh? <laughs> they get things made yeah but maybe they're stuck getting things made over and over again i mean benedict cumberbatch kind of lives in his own universe in a way but he's you know so british um <laughs> mm. 
but it's like it's a very rare thing where like the in, in some ways the persona becomes a trap i think for a lot of actors who want to be something other than that thing i mean you can see it with somebody like brad pitt or jake gyllenhaal where they're constantly fighting what they look like and the fact that everybody wants to make them a matinee idol it's classic it's classic but then it's just it's really fascinating isn't it i found it really interesting watching certain actors especially with um what do you call it the um like the ya type mm -hmm. of movies those franchises and how actors are then like they do the thing and then they're like okay cool i'm gonna go work with claire denis now you know right. and, <laughs> and that's and like mia hansen love or whatever and like yeah. find find those pockets and i'm like oh smart move <laughs> that's like i've known saoirse ronan since she was 11 or whatever oh, and it was yes. like it's yeah. creepy now watching her be an adult <laughs> i'm very uncomfortable with she's the whole so thing. good at it she's so good at it i saw she is she's brilliant at it she's a brilliant actor but it's like yeah i know i know but i saw a, a pick of her and she was just like smoking like just uh absolutely yeah powerhouse, powerhouse she is one. and yeah. she's a, just an incredibly sweet person also i mean just like there's yeah. There are all she many is. good things to say about her, but it's like, I don't really want to see her have sex in a movie. Just don't want to be there for it. It's too- well, I, mean, I, I do. <laughs> I saw the movie with her and uh, Kate Winslet, I guess. The, the Oh, the, Ammonite. Yeah, I didn't see Am that one. And it was like, okay. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, well, I, that's a you thing, maybe. Well, you know, I think it's just because you know people, if you know people and then you see them work and it takes you somewhere else, it's- I know, but it's like, imagine like Zac Efron when he's 80. Well, he's trying really hard to become 80. Think, think about it. <laughs> it's hard to be Zac Efron. Yeah, well, what's he up to? What's he doing? He just I mean, did Firestarter, which was disastrous release on uh, direct wow. to Peacock. A, a TV show? No, it was a, they did a remake of the Keith Stephen King book, Firestarter, that oh, the original right. had Drew Barrymore 38 years ago. <laughs> Literally 38 years ago. Really? And uh, they have some other little girl, but Zac Efron is the dad. Wow. And you're like, what do you do with that? <laughs> yeah, that is pretty nutty. It is strange. So some then people are meant to get old and others are not. <laughs> right. And then some people, like Ben Stiller is now this like... Director. It always has been. I always yeah. forget he directed Reality Bites. Always forget that. Yeah. Well, so, you yeah. look younger than the young Amy in the, uh, <laughs> in the show. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'll have... really age. I know. Um, thank you. I actually don't know that. That's very nice to hear. But um, I, I do. I definitely do age. But um, it's things, it's probably other things, you know, like moles with sort of hairs that are just looming out from the face. Lovely. Yeah. And you're, you have a birthday coming up. I do. Big day. Not a big birthday, but a birthday. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a birthday. I know how I feel about it. I sort of, um, I don't know what to do with them at the moment, you know, these days as you get older, sort of. I don't want to talk about that you know? so this has been a great this movie this show has been a great it was a great experience it sounds like and hopefully will be a second season of one because i can't imagine who doesn't want to know what happens next in this thing i know you'd think that it'll be interesting to see i'd like yeah. it to go because well, we're in a different universe now where somehow 10 episodes is a long season it's very confusing to me but I, know. I think the next iteration of streaming will be longer seasons yeah, perhaps. Although that's like sitcoms, no? That's like sort of soaps. Well, hour longs in America, you know, have done 22 in a year. Um, it's a lot. Doing an hour long for 22 them. hours a year is a lot. But yeah, you know, you, you're saying you don't want them to be longer or you do. No, I think that, uh, well, my feeling is, is that you watch a show now 
and you have this relationship for two months or you binge it all in one weekend or whatever, and then you're still wanting more, but you can't have it for a year and a half. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. It is really, really wild rather than like just dropping a couple seasons at once. Well, it used to be in America, you got, in England, it was shorter seasons always, but in America, it's always been 22 or 24 or 21 for hour longs or for sitcoms. So something would run from September through the following June with a slight interruptions, but you would see, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of episodes. Yeah. Well, we'll what happens. I mean, I hope that doesn't happen, but yeah. Netflix is, I think the maximum number, the biggest number is Frankie and, and Grace, which is like 58 episodes or something. That's their, Whoa. and it's been running seven, eight seasons, whatever it's been. Wow. That's nuts. Isn't it? But most yeah, of their stuff they... is two seasons, 18, oh. 16 episodes and out. Oh my goodness. I mean, but that, the problem is then you're working on the same thing for sort of two years That's at true. a time. You can't do anything. You get really good at it. <laughs> you get really good at acting. Yeah. No, I, Your I show, think... you could, it would be bad. Out of Range would not be a great show for that kind of thing. No. But other shows where it's character driven, it's easy yeah. to imagine 16 Work episodes of, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. No, I know. I would just be sort of more pontificating, I suppose. <laughs> So you're so you're happy doing this. You're waiting for it to get excited again. Is that how you pick your next project? Yeah, it's it's interesting these days. I just think because um, I worked a lot in my twenties, like you know, sort of. Uh, I think it's easy. You can fall into like a treadmill mentality where you have to jump at everything or keep going, or maybe that's something to do with uh, making sense of being an actor and starting to relax more now into like pauses um, and really kind of thinking you need that huge passion to do something and work those hours and give it everything you can. Um, and it happens sometimes that there's just a, a bunch of things at once, you know, and then right. other times it's just, it is important to hold out, I think, um, and just be a little sensitive to what, what's kind of calling you is there anything you haven't done that you're dying to do or are you just yes. kind of of course I mean that's the thing is that um I think it's just again the control thing or trying to have a plan is is totally impossible but the way that I always looked at it when I was younger was by way of uh other actors or or, or looking at filmmakers sort of and then trying to find that again. Because mm. um, it's an interesting time now where the people who were sort of head of the kingdom in the, I guess, 2000s or 90s or whatever, that there's a brand new crop coming up always. Yeah. So you have to sort of always pay attention to what people are saying in their movies in that way, you know? So are, there, are, are you driven much by the filmmaker? You go, are there filmmakers you would like just, I want to work with that guy. I want to work with that woman. I want to work with. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think, um, I think Kelly Reichardt is just flawless. I mean, Wendy and Lucy to me is a, it's a perfect film and it is just so simple. And Will, Will's in it, isn't he? Will, Will Patton's yeah. in it. But um, yeah, I've always loved her stuff and I do like Mia Hansen love stuff as well. I think that's just very, wonderful and seems to kind of really reach far you know she's just so did you see Bergman Island yet 
I love Bergman Island. <laughs> I loved it. Wasn't it great? Yeah. It was so good. It was just, yeah, Vicky Creeps. Creeps. Vicky Creeps. Yeah. Incredible. Creeps. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. she's uh, she's amazing how little she seems to be doing, and mm. she's doing so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, thunder. Is that the thunderstorm um, coming? Yeah, big time. Third time today. Um, yeah, she is, she is, I mean, Phantom Thread, wow, wow. Yeah. That's... No, Phantom Thread is my favorite uh, Paul Anderson movie. Is it? Movie. Yeah, yeah, interesting, and, yeah. Yeah. And Although I Licorice Pizza, and... wow, that knocked me out. I was... Which one, I'm sorry? Licorice Pizza, the most oh, yeah. recent. Yeah. I just, um, you, didn't, you, you didn't feel the same way? I'd lo- no, I did. I, there, it's an interesting one because it's, I've, I saw it five or six times <laughs> before I was like sure what I really thought. Wow, was, so you kept going back because you weren't... I kept going back and you had to go back in the theater because Paul wasn't letting anybody see it on streaming for a while. So I kept mm-hmm. on going back to see it at 70. <laughs> he had it, it was playing in 70 where it was playing. There was actually one theater in LA. They took over for six weeks. <gasps> the big theater in Westwood, the uh, right. Fox. Yeah. Or whatever it's called now. <laughs> the, it's not the yeah. Bruin, the other one across the street. Anyway, they had that theater for six weeks playing it in 70, three, four times a day. Oh my god! I it's love your life. I want to do that. Just go see movies again and again. That's such a. I guess you have to. When it, well, I'm into award seasons, so for me, I see everything that is needed to be seen at least twice, because I always wonder whether my mood is taking me, you know, up or down. It, it can be, I can be overly enthusiastic or underly enthusiastic. Wow. So, and I love the, you know, it's like, I really am happy to, if if the movie's worth engaging, it's worth engaging twice for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. That's interesting about your mood affecting something. And then, because there was something about licorice pizza that actually was nostalgic, but I have this weird nostalgia for, yeah, a a seventies America. I know nothing of really apart from through books. You're too young to have the nostalgia you have. I am. (laughs) Because the funny thing is the movie's about 1974 but the same kind of thing happened in 1979. Paul's huh. actually too young to have experienced the 72 experience, 74 experience that's in the movie. But he, a lot of that, the, the gas shortage and everything else happened again. So uh, right. it's that's this weird, point. like double layer of nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's, it takes a lot to make it, that's hardly, you know, it's a few years difference, but to make something historical like from decades earlier you'd have to i'm sure there's a lot of people who get accused of being too young to tell that story you know but well there's a movie now on disney plus called the chippendales rescue rangers reboot and i keep on saying it's made for 45 year old stoner stoned guys (laughs) because it's all nostalgia like if you have a 12 year old he would not understand half of it right (laughs) because first he's not stoned and secondly he's not old enough to remember the references yeah. to 1968 you know it's like right. 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 right but somehow it's on disney plus i'm like okay let's see how that goes yeah it's not funny wow yeah. but movies are you know it's yeah i i do I'm, I'm always amazed how much no matter how bad things are how bad the day was a, mo- a great movie is like just lifts you up oh, it's huge and yeah it's very easy to forget i just watched um i'd never seen it before uh, something wild oh you my know, god one of my favorites. Oh, it's just excellent. Oh, what a great Never, movie. I can't believe I hadn't seen it. It was sort of like right in the 
zone of things I love. You were a little too young to see it when it came out. <laughs> but no, but I saw all the, I've seen so R-rated. many um, before that. Yeah. But he, I mean, Jeff Daniels in that. Yes. And Demi is just, I mean, one of the greatest guys ever. Yeah. And a great filmmaker and a great human being. And I just, uh, but that movie, oh God. And yeah. she was so just unbelievable. You can't say anything about a woman anymore, but <laughs> there was something just so sexy Magnetic. about her. She's got, well, it's like Patricia Arquette and True Romance. It's yes. the same. It's that female protagonist. It's so strong. Yeah. And then Ray Liotta, who was yeah. nobody, you know, had no idea when you saw, when I saw that movie in theaters the first time, who nobody knew who Ray Liotta was. And then that whole sequence at the end is so violent. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most violent without being violent. You know, it's not like machine guns. It's when he, when he chains him to under the sink and starts beating him. It's like the most violent thing I've ever seen. I know. I know it is. It is. It really, really is. Yeah. But those, so they had it all those kind of movies, not to be yeah. sort of a sad puss about it all, but they did. Was... Well, he, Paul, he, he had a freedom to, to go make the movies he made. It was different. Uh... And the thing is, I feel kind of like we're in that also, but. But the cost. There's so much well. being made. But I think because Melanie Griffith, before that had like she hadn't done working girl or anything that was after no, but... she had done the only thing she had done was uh well she had done maybe a couple of things but she did a movie with don johnson and um alabama with... no 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 it was the, the not the drowning pool but it was something like that huh and she made it when she was 19 and she was the sex object in the movie with hackman actually oh my god um yeah it's a really good movie but then she kind of like disappeared for a while and then she boom came back and then she that run with body double and working girl and all of that all of that but yeah that it's interesting now yeah it's just a different entirely different maybe not so different maybe i'm talking out my butthole but it feels like a different <laughs> process to like like get things made you know but um but it's because of the financing well, and also the streaming of it all and whether that has the impact or the kind of the demands on the filmmakers. I think in some ways it's actually too easy. I think filmmakers get a little overly indulged by streaming because there's mm-hmm. nobody really producing from the studio side and mm-hmm. they kind of feel free to do what they want. They have a little, little too much money. I mean, it's weird to say it's it. In the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, but totally. It's sort of, um, yeah, there's not that direct vision and structure too like kind of yeah. the loss of structure is interesting yeah but as long as they have imogen poots everything will be okay and she's been around, <laughs> she's been around. But i hear she's aging badly so <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day i'll just wake up and but i don't know if i do uh i've just got a big face that's the truth is your head disproportionate to your body i think so or i think just your face no i think ju- yeah just the face Big face, small head. No, I think it's all just, um, Tom Pelfrey and I spoke about this a lot on our show. We both have big faces. I remember the first time I met Winona Ryder. I couldn't quite believe she was human because her head is so much bigger than her body. She's a tiny little woman. Oh, really? Big head for her. I mean, she's not big head compared to me, but (laughs) I would look great with Winona Ryder's head, but that's a whole nother... (laughs) um no I don't know I don't know what that is I mean some people look older some people look younger and it's to be honest though at a certain point you don't want to be playing um you don't want to be playing like 25 year olds when you're right you know 45 and 
Well, you don't look disproportionate. You don't look like you were a child star who, you know, like Gary Coleman or something. <laughs> you don't have that weirdness right. going on. Um, yeah, but I think that, I think you can tell people who started acting younger have like a vibe. You know, there's something just sort of slightly rhythmically off. <laughs> don't you think? I think so. Sometimes, well, it's funny how it just it's it's hard. It, it some evolve more more aggressively than others. Yeah, well, you can be sort of a, an adult and then just like stunted. Like, I mean, I couldn't put down an ironing board earlier. I completely could not locate that little lever. And <laughs> it was excruciating, wasting just so many minutes of my life trying to find it. And I just thought, this is the kind of thing I should know, but I don't. But there, you could just send things to the dry cleaner. It's, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just throw money at clothes and they'll Just throw it. money away because that's what, you know. <sighs> I know that's just, what you actors do. Yes, well, exactly. actors. Spend, spend, spend. Not true at all, actually. <laughs> it is not true at all. Yes, I sometimes try to explain to people how much money people tend to actually make, or even like directors who make, you know, they make a good salary, but they it's for three years of their lives. Yes, yes. like all the movies they've been trying to make for a decade falls apart, and then, well, commercials, I guess. That's what everyone's yeah. sneakily doing. Cornflakes or something. Yes, the Tony Scott... Ridley Scott, Tony K universe. Yeah. People don't realize Tony K is still making a fortune, making commercials. Wow. He only got to make one American movie, one Hollywood movie, and oh. it was over. But that's a whole other story. He did American History X with Edward Norton. Oh, wow. But he and complained about the studio publicly. And that was- it killed him. Yeah. yeah. And he's brilliant. He's a little crazy, but he's brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. Though. Yeah, well, shut you up. Yes. Um, you got to be careful what you say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and figure out what you think, too. That seems to be the scariest thing is um, people don't know what they think. Well, I got into I got into trouble yesterday twice and I was like, OK, maybe I have to stop talking in public. <laughs> what, what, what happened? <laughs> well, we, well, we have the Johnny, Johnny and Amber thing going on here is huge. Yeah. So. I am not a big fan of her defense, regardless or her whatever her it is. And so there are now people who are very, very upset, women who are very, very upset with me who think it's that he's a, a serial abuser and that I'm taking the wrong side and that's terrible. Like and Twitter I understand. Huh? Like Twitter is where this like Twitter, you know, yeah. People follow me on Twitter. Yeah. Somebody unfollowed me yesterday and made a Ooh. big deal out of it. So it's very painful. And wow. then we also had a baseball thing here where some young player said he was like the next Jackie Robinson. Mm. And then he was playing against the guy in the, on the Yankees who kind of made fun of him and said, Hey, Jackie. <laughs> and now that's become a racial issue. Ah, uh, It's a major, you got to be very careful which side yeah. of this you're on. And the people who are most upset about it are older white men. <laughs> they don't know why older wow. white men are the most offended. Black they people are, don't seem as offended, but older white men are very offended. Yeah, well, you know, it's just, um, it's, it'll be interesting to see where this all goes. Yes. In a well, I'm looking time. forward to actually being able to talk again. <laughs> yeah. We'll have because a it's like, I'm, I'm happy for anybody to have whatever opinion, as long as you can talk through it. And mm. I'm not a big believer in silencing words or ideas or. No, of course. But, you know, it's bleeding into um, cinema and it's bleeding into writing and. Yeah music and uh yeah i i'm totally 
with you and a sense of humor that's the thing it's it feels I feel that loss of a sense of humor because um uh and I don't mean anything offensive but I just mean it's a crucial like point of connection yeah yeah the um, ability to brush it off a little bit yeah everything yeah. is so offensive now everything is it's not it's not just that people are unhappy they're like enraged the yeah and good good like people there are people out there who have good incredible reason and rights to be incredibly angry but it's the um and people do yeah. horrible things all the time yeah. yeah yeah but it's the minutiae which is sort of like come on guys let's <laughs> take it well it's hard it's hard to forgive it's hard to you know put things in perspective it's all very weird and i and it, it's always surprising now where it comes from you don't know quite know it's always like somebody's in trouble and you're like why how does that person get in trouble <laughs> and they're like oh they found another reason that's this yeah weird, and then all people thing. who haven't yet you know been I, found absolutely. out rolling there around. are so many men who need to be taken down by by me too that have not been touched in this industry and i don't feel like it's my business to out everybody all the time but it's like there are a lot of men with a lot of bad behaviors that are still working and still running mm -hmm. studios and running businesses. And it's like, it's yeah. not okay, but somehow because Harvey Weinstein got caught, it's okay. I mean, like we're just, yeah, it's, really, it's really difficult too. Yeah. And it's just the beginning of I've, what I've found is that the, the kind of the, the molding of the brain and the psyche from such a young age to sort of just go along with things because it's charismatic or because it's, flattering or because it, whatever it is and then it is it's you know about to be 33 looking back on the past 15 years and thinking whoa what a strange you know behavioral mechanism that's sort of the acrobatics you go through in order to sort of not offend someone yeah. miraculously but still get across what you want to say and it's like with men specifically yeah it's like kids eating dirt sometimes it's, it's actually like good for them <laughs> it builds up there i mean there's a thing where like the, the things we do in our teens and our 20s probably should just be erased from the universe because we're we all make these huge mistakes but, and there bad is swings. Huge, but there is like such a huge gulf to me there's such a difference between you know turning up and someone saying you know you look beautiful compared to the extreme which is abusive and yes disgusting despicable manipulative behavior it's like you know um there there should you'd think there'd be a huge gulf but maybe there isn't seems to be far more we should all live by the golden rule what's the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you it's yeah. really simple if people live by that then we wouldn't have had it we wouldn't have all these human problems i mean like just be nice if you want to say I, a word I, it's a I, word I know. people don't like who cares but if you're being mean intentionally we all know the difference it's not like so much more energy as well to do the opposite it really yeah. does um, well policing is not fun for anybody and i do too much of it as a as a journalist i do too much of it so yourself yeah not of my well of myself also but i i i i'm one of the few people who write about journalists who's a journalist and mm. i get enormous crap for it and i'm like if you if we're willing to judge everybody else constantly and mm -hmm. say this studio is screwing up and this actor is not very good and this movie is not very good. We should be under the same set of rules. The idea of criticizing ourselves is not a foreign idea, but yeah. journalists are very, very thin skinned. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If they can take it back like themselves. Yeah. I've often thought about that. That's a good yeah. point. 
Um, because it's very easy to just kind of fire it off, isn't it? Yes. Well, they like it less than even actors or producers. I mean, all the people I know in the world that are thin-skinned, and there are many. Yeah. <laughs> Journalists are amongst the worst because we're so not used to getting incoming fire. That um, do you yeah. remember that? Um, did you do you remember the Jesse Eisenberg New Yorker piece? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Just brilliant. I love Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's another one of those guys. He could give a fuck. He does not care. <laughs> oh, no, he's just heaven. I love he lives Jesse. in Jesse world. Yeah, and he's in, he's incredibly kind to treat yes. everyone. And yeah. incredibly talented. And very very talented. Damn him. Good combo. Yeah, I know. I hate when they do that. I hate <laughs> when they're nice and brilliant. It's horrifying. It's terrible. <laughs> and now you're another one to add to the list. So there you go. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, kindness and politeness, those are all two different things as well, aren't they? The politeness is sort of like there's something else going on, whereas kindness is just trying to trying your fucking best. Yeah. I suppose. That's what we should all do. That's all we that's all I ask of anybody. Do yeah. your best. Make an effort. Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Consider other people besides yourself. It's hard to it's hard to do, but yeah. When it we is. do it, good things happen. It's true. Of course, now I have a son who tells me I'm a racist when I say that, you know, there's an Asian woman driving in front of me. Is he 12? <laughs> no, okay. He's 12. 12? Very strong opinions. Good. I know it's hard to believe coming from me, but. I think that's great. I think that's it great. Is. That. It is. I love him dearly for all that he is. Got to pass on the stones to the ones coming up. They yeah. Can... I hope he doesn't kill me in the next 10 years. But, oh, is that a, is there a threat of that happening? Well, no, it's just, you know, he's becoming, a, he's not quite a teenager yet, but we're, we, we're now in that place and, you know, it's a little stressful, I think, having a teenager. Yeah, I bet. I'm kind of excited about that part, though, because you've sort of got, um, you've got your buddy now, right? You've got like... For now, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how long we... it lasts. Yes, yeah, exactly. I'm just waking him up for this morning. I'm thinking I'm, he, in a year or two, he's not going to want me to open his door ever again he's gonna you know scream at me every time he sees me so <laughs> when he's 14 yeah maybe down. not but probably <laughs> i'm in for trouble too much screen time that's what it was i've ruined him forever with too much screen time oh movies right. though. movie huh? screen time meaning ipad like i fortunately he watches a lot of youtube you, oh like yeah, just getting him to watch he watch he comes to movies with me in theaters but getting him to watch a movie on a TV is challenging. Well, what I find crazy is people, when they say it's the kind of show, something's a kind of show, something's a kind of movie, you can just have it on in the background. It's yeah. like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? What You just completely underestimated the entire, I just don't. Well, the kind of show you can have on in the background is a bad show. <laughs> I know, but it's just, it's, I guess like some people are making stuff so that you can do that so that you don't have to have your full attention or something. He did, well, he has, he does three screens at one time. Sometimes he'll have his wow. iPhone and his computer and his television all going at the same time. Yeah. That's a lot. That's unless he's like a genius. No, he's not. He is a genius, but he's not that kind of genius. <laughs> he can't, yeah. he cannot, he, nobody, I don't believe really there's anybody who can consume three things like that at the same time at all. Really, if it's anything more complicated than two plus two. Oh yeah, I can barely read with the radio on. I mean, that's yeah. uh... well, you're not supposed to. No, unless you're in the tub. In the tub, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, oh, well, I hope his eyes are all right. Yeah, 
He's so far he's 2020 vision. Nice. But he's upset because he doesn't have 2080 vision. He wants better than 2020 vision. He wants supervision. I don't know oh. why. He wants to be able to fly jet aircraft or something. Um, that's, that's great. But maybe one day he'll realize he had it great with the 2020. Both of our parents have contacts or glasses or whatever. So he's not probably in good, lucky, going to be lucky in that regard. You mean he's not going to get, he's not going to, he's going to have to have the glasses. Eventually he will probably need some sort of support for his eyes. Yes. Right. Makes you look small. Great. <laughs> That's what I'll tell him. <laughs> yeah. Say so you heard it from me. You need to I, write a book about parenting. <laughs> yes. Give your child glasses, make them feel smart. I like that yeah. as a general idea. And then they can watch like the princess diaries and, you know, see how informative that movie is and learn to blow out their hair and get rid of the glasses and it's all fine. Yes. That's a, a good transition. Yeah. No, we're, we're trying to teach him how to be a good, a good boy. Cause I think it's harder to be a girl these days than it is to be a guy. Do you? So. Because you mean, um, because as a guy, you feel like you can get more wrong at that age. I think it's probably easier to teach him to be nice to women than to teach a young woman to defend herself from the many terrible behaviors of young men. Agreed. Yes. It's a, that's a huge, huge challenge. Yeah. So, but he's very yeah. sweet so far. So great. Well, I'm sure he'll remain that way. We, I, I hope so. <laughs> we're, we're a little afraid, but you know, of this course. too shall pass. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the kids, the kids know. They know so much more than we give them credit. People, everybody knows more than we give them credit for. I know. I think that the, the business people side of the world underestimates how smart people actually are and what they understand. Yeah, I think so. Well, a lot of people just talk a lot of hot, hot air, eh? Yes. And they don't sort of say anything. Well, they get paid a lot for that. Yeah. <laughs> you can be president. You can do that. And you, in fact, it seems to be a requirement in many cases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, well, lovely chatting with you. Yeah, lovely to chat to you too. It's so nice to meet you. I've seen some and of you. your videos over the years. So Yes, I've, I've irritated many of your friends. <laughs> it was great. Thanks for just like hanging out. There was somebody There was somebody who was quoted as a friend of yours and I was like, oh yeah, we had some good interviews. I'm forgetting who it was though now. Maybe they're not a friend anymore. That's right. You, they're out the window. Once they do an interview with me, it's all over. One and done. Yeah. <laughs> You paid um, the price. Someone, yeah, someone says I'm like best friends to some people on the internet. And I'm like, I have no idea who any, my wife thing, seems to know things. She's not really a gossip person, but she seems to know who's having sex with each other and who's married and who is this second wife. Information. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care about any, I mean, God bless them. Maybe, they should be happy. A little bit. Not in, I, almost not at all. Yeah. No, because it's like, if I, it's not, in, if I'm not involved, why do I, what am I worried about their sex life? <laughs> they should enjoy do whatever they want they're going to do you know what i it's hard i mean i'm judgmental enough as it is i don't need to like you know figure that out too well it's good that she's on it yes she's she she's she's like a tabloid gossip sometimes i'm like how do you know this <laughs> Where did you find out? out that there was a third wife i'm like I don't... better than people who read the tabloids and then they um pretend they don't yes the well, i get tabloid. sucked into page six now and again I will admit. Is that like the, uh, That's the New York Post thing? Right. But only because it's online and it's along with app. I, I use Apple News. And so it, I get a wide variety of stuff. 
Hmm. And every once in a while, I think it's going to be informative. I'm always wrong. Almost always wrong. But also the, um, I've started getting like hard copies of papers instead of looking at the news on my phone. Since the, since the uh, COVID or before? Just since like the internet, just since the kind of, um, I think it's like, I think it's just awful. Like that sort of the time wasted in there. I've, uh, it's really, I recommend it. And you go and you just like get one. But you have to know what you think. You have to choose your paper, the correct paper. <laughs> and you buy that one. You can't get, well, I guess you get them all if you want. Um, and find out about what the hell's going on that way. Well, my tradition in New York is to go to Bobby's down in, uh, in whatever Tribeca? it's called, Tribeca. Yeah. And get all three papers, or four papers. I get the Wall Street Journal also. But I get the Post and the News and the, and the New York Times. And I just sit there. Oh, <laughs> and heaven. I, spend hours just reading everything because that's actually great fun oh that's so nice they've got this strange thing right now where when you order at the table it's all on the screen at bobby's yeah that's not fun no it's a nightmare no There's no one to talk to about eggs anymore so sad. <laughs> let's talk about eggs yeah. yeah no those are the those are the it's like it becomes like home if you're talking about your eggs if you're just reading off a thing it's ridiculous oh, a little yeah bit. you like no one cares you know yeah I get that feeling sometimes anyway, but yeah. well, don't go back there. Yeah. Dude, so good. It's so great. Well, all the places I lived in New York from in the, when did I live in New York? And the, when was it? My God, it's so long ago in the 1980s. <laughs> That's how long it's been. And it's like, all those places are all, all gone. Every single thing is, I think really they're all been gone? knocked down except for Lincoln center. Actually, to be fair, I lived there for 10 years and then, there are things that are shifting and changing, but then you find, I just got an apartment there. I just bought an apartment. It's kind of there you cool. go. But, um, but then you learn about a new neighborhood and I guess that's what you're meant to do. I don't know. Well, I can still tell stories about the mud club and CBGBs and, and, there you, you know, go. I'm going to hold those clothes. All those I places. Mean, None of them exist. Still there. And there are some, there are some spots that are still hanging on, but. Yeah. Oh, well. oh. my wife doesn't want to shovel snow. Go figure. <laughs> or it's not that she'd have to shovel it if we lived in Manhattan, but I know. she would. Get a still, I guess she would have to, yeah. You'd have to do it yourself. She likes wearing shorts in December. <laughs> Does she? Shorts? That's an interesting choice. I'll never wear shorts. I'll just never do it. I think they're the most weird piece of clothing ever. You're wear. not You're not a shorts person? No, I'm just like, what are we doing? You know, what's what are we really doing here? You can't <laughs> make a commitment to pants or to a dress? Yeah, I would. I just feel the shorts are very unclear and it just doesn't make, it's like truncating. It's like foreshortening. I don't understand it. I don't know why you want to. So would Bermuda shorts be better or worse? Would Which shorts? Bermuda shorts. Oh, Bermuda. Are those like the ones like clots? Where there's like, like just under your knee? Yeah, they're almost culottes, yeah. Oh no, because then the calf, a lot of pressure on the calf to be the right vibe. <laughs> no, not for me. Can't deal with it. Put it away. Not like your calves or is it just I, um, I'd have to confront them in a way that I Interesting. wouldn't want to every day. I once had a filmmaker who got enraged with me because I mentioned he, he is a director who was in a movie that he produced or whatever with somebody else. And his calves look like just the biggest, they look like two sheep on his, like attached to his legs. It was amazing. And oh. he, he wouldn't let me see any of his movies anymore. He would actually like, he barred me from screenings of his movies because he said I was making fun of his weight. And I'm like, I don't know if your calves have anything to do with your weight. I always think of calves as kind of having their own yeah, universe. They do. Calves. Calves. 
Yeah, I guess Americans say calves. Calves. Yeah. Calves, um, they, uh, yeah, they're just muscle, right? I would think, but apparently, and he's not, yeah, he's lost well. a lot of weight and now his calves just seem really? smaller. So I don't know. Interesting. I would like I've, to think about that for a long time. And I have never had that kind of self awareness in my body, which I probably should. <laughs> oh, really? I, every, I feel like we all just, their bodies are, lo- I mean, they're completely insane when you think about what the hell we're all doing. Just it's stupid. I'm catching yourself in a mirror in a window while you're walking by, and it's like, what the hell? Who was that? No, I know, I know. And the things we worry about that yeah. someone won't even pay attention to. And the things we don't worry about that. It turns out people do pay attention. To I know, no one ever told you. Yeah, wild. I always feel that way about people with uh, like hair in their ears because you'll never know. You'll well, never. One of the great things about Elon Musk is his, he's got his, uh, he's on the spectrum, doesn't know how to shave. So a lot of times you'll see Elon Musk with like hair here, <laughs> a little here, right, here. right. Did you say that was one of the great things about him or the great? I don't know. There's another one. Maybe there's another one. <laughs> I don't know what to make of him either. He's another. Delightfully crazy person who may or may not destroy the entire world. So, yeah, just crazy. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and yet, I'm you know I, I understand why people admire him on some level, but on other levels, I'm like, what the? So, mm. but then again, he's very very rich, which seems to be attractive to a lot of people. Again, I don't really care that much, unfortunately. I should, but I don't care. So, no, no, not that way. Like even like, isn't it better just to be a rich? footballer at that point over <laughs> kicking a ball and I'm not sure it. how I feel about David Beckham either but yeah okay oh really I am like a huge um I'm like a huge fan of the Beckhams just as a pairing I don't know what it is I met Victoria Beckham once at the Met Gala and she was so nice she was so go. she turned around and she was just like chatting away and I just thought wow what an absolute I talk about this frequently. I just think the Beckhams just seem just a wonderful family. No, I don't know them at all. I don't know anything about them. Just the personal is inescapable. Yeah. If you meet somebody and there's something, there was a great actor who I think is brilliant and I love and whatever. And I met him once and his breath was so bad that it now sticks with me. Every time I see oh. him, I still love him as an actor, but it's That's like- The halitosis. The halitosis yeah. was brutal that moment. And it's just it's in my head and I can't get it out of my head. Every time I see him, I think- Oh my God. Yeah, that's a very difficult thing. And how do people, people don't know when it's bad, right? Like they, this is good. You could drink water. It's too much coffee or something. That's I, that. Maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't know what his story is. I don't know his well, mouth intimately. And <laughs> you obviously, and what did you do? You just like held your breath and like. Fortunately, you... he was a little taller than me. So I, it kind of didn't come down too badly, but I was like, oh yeah. That, okay. Yeah. I didn't have a long conversation with him though. I will say that. Wow. Gosh. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah guy Fuck. and i and i and i as a normal human being would wonder whether people tell me my breath breath, breath is bad i'm it's, so aware of something like that though i have gum on me all the time like i probably my stomach is just like shredded from the fear of ever like being that guy i wonder whether my wife would tell me and i assume she would she would but i, I think- it, yeah <laughs> Yeah, my son will tell me. I know that for sure. Yeah, well, it depends what kind of family you're in. Like, if you're a sort of anything goes sort of person, where it's like gases uh, that your body emits. uh, We're in a silent gas family. Really (laughs) nice. That's very lovely. So everyone's like still attracted to each other and stuff. Yes. Well, I have a brother-in-law who lets it loose wherever he is because he thinks he's probably better off for it. You know, apparently, someone said that. um, 
like some of the best actors just let it go on set because otherwise you you know rex harrison was known for that particularly oh really rex harrison could not (laughs) had a flatulence issue and he would he would fart all the way through my fair lady on stage oh god (laughs) he was like famous for this and yeah it was apparently very dramatic Oh God! Sometimes you take an awkward pause, and you know what was going on from the fourteenth row. Oh my gosh! Really? (laughs) That's horrifying. Oh wow! Because yeah, to be with someone who's sweet smelling is just delightful. But I can't. That must be terrible. And a lot of people. It's funny. That is just something that 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 really separates the wheat from the chaff. I don't know what the wheat is or the chaff is, but it definitely separates like people who talk about it and people who won't. You know? Yes. It's 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 how you're raised. It's who your your parents tell you, I guess. Yeah, and where your like curiosity lies. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of a lot of curiosity out there. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like I know too much already, and yet I want to know more because that is my nature. But <laughs> that's the way it goes. Yeah. I've always wanted. I, it's always been my thing to, um, as a documentarian, from an early age, was to interview the women who hang out in Los Angeles who are gorgeous, but don't actually work as actresses. Oh, and wow. To talk to yeah. them about they what do. it is they're doing. And like, they don't what do they want think to be they're actresses? doing? Huh? They don't want to be actresses, they're just- No, they want to be actresses, but they're hanging out at the Starbucks or the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf or the you know, Sunset Plaza or whatever. Interesting. With people who are constantly saying, oh, you should be an actress. and. I, I've always wanted to like have the have a, a series of documented conversations with them about like what they really feel about hmm. being that person. Yeah, but I, I wonder if they even think they are that person. You know, even if you're doing it, maybe you just think I'm I doing think they're in great denial a lot of the times. Yeah, the idea that they are that person is frustrating. Is is very upsetting. So, so but there are too many that. examples. There are too many examples of people who were waitresses and were baristas and were working in the video store and then. So I can so see it's amazing that. how you can tell the difference. <laughs> it's I, I very, I got to say, I mean, it's weird, but I've been around a long time and I did other things. I was in, in the business on the other side and, you know, did theater and stuff as a producer. And you could, there were people who were just like, you knew that this was their career. And then there were people who were just there trying to get through. And yeah. And also in that a strange time. business that way though. It is, but that city as well. It's like, I mean, I actually love it now. I really like being there and I love the people I know there and all that. But the idea of that that sunlight can just turn on a dime. It's the Joan Didion thing, isn't it? About that Chekhov sky. It's just sort of desperate. There's actually a really nice interview on Netflix. (laughs) The competitors, the other channel. Um, Hmm. uh, David Letterman interviewed Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Ooh. And it was really, she was really like, I mean, her life was not hard that way, but it was her, her sense of herself as she went through the process and mm. she, her willingness to have this conversation with David was like, it was really a lovely interview to say. Hmm. She was just, just very, you know, how she had to figure out how to fight for what she wanted to have and things like that. And yeah. How nothing was kind of given to her, even though she had a very charmed life in many ways right having to prove having to prove yourself yeah but sometimes those moments are the very um you know that's when something crystallizes are those moments where you really have to go against sort of what someone 
for lack of a better term, like pigeonholed you as, or yeah, um, it's a it's a business of pigeonholes, which is that again. I mean, I think it's true with you is that I I always happy to see your name in things, but I never know quite what you're going to be. I don't know like oh this is you know she fits in this way or she fits in that way. Yeah, I just have to kind of actually watch it. Yeah, good. Well, that's not just good. on one, and on one on one video machine at once. Yeah, <laughs> not on three. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's funny i mean it's it's just strange isn't it i guess it can only come from just a body of work and then you just kind of keep moving through isn't it funny as well i always find it funny the phrases that are used when people talk to actors like body of work <laughs> no like a crime scene <laughs> ah, such a strange thing sometimes it is yeah. i mean it's amazing to me having done this having done these interviews for a decade or so that uh how completely different every one of those journeys is and how the relationship with what is, I mean, there's variations, but, and they're the, they're the like pure character actors who are always the sanest people in the world mm. compared to the superstars or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but. Um, Do you really feel that you, th you feel like a divide between sort of, is it, is it like an attention thing or something? I think it's, it's being the level of success and the amount of, um, infrastructure that comes with it sure if you get to a certain place i think people have a very it's very easy to become uh to lose it yourself in the in the in the machinery of it and your own sense of self and the mm. lack of reality around you gets bigger and bigger the more money you make and i think it's yeah. you know it's hard i think it's hard for like when you first have big celebrity i think it's hard when you it, it goes away <laughs> You know, and then there are people who are completely themselves throughout, which I have a sense that you really are, or somebody like Willem Dafoe or somebody like, you know, uh, you know, where you can kind of see them growing or not growing or mm. there, there are people who hold themselves and they are always them, mm. no matter what happens. Um, Must be complicated. I mean, it's, I always feel... I'm in awe of people who manage to move through the world. And it's almost like, yeah, if your personality is like a business. Yeah. But then there's no right way. I mean, what a, what a strange life to lead. And but there are freaks of nature out. I mean, I've, I'm sure you've met them too. There are people who are just sort of could give a shit. Yeah. No, there are people who are having, they're making a living. Yeah. And there are people who are, you know, who really want to be stars and, they don't really care about the work as much as they care about being a star. And there are people who, you know, there and there are people who are talent, incredibly talented. Who have Always, this issues. is a conundrum to me. It's like to be a, to want to be, as you say, like a star, but then what if you're just doing shitty work? Everyone's just going to be like, you know, what's the. Well, it depends who you are. You know, it's like Adam Sandler is a very happy guy for the most part. Uncut um, Gem, great movie. Huh? Uncut Gems is a great movie, but so is The Water Boy, and so is you know I like. I, I love. I know. Yeah, yeah, I love Adam Sandler, but he is Adam Sandler. He is who he is. You know, yeah. he's not. He he is happy with his buddies and his life and his family and all the things he has. He can also be a pain in the butt, but you know who can't. Um, but everybody has their. And I'm all. I, I am. I will say, over the years, I've been surprised a lot of times by who where everybody fits in these different categories that I'm trying not to put them yeah, into. Yeah, I was, I was wondering if you found it, you, 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 you still like interviewing actors? Like you still find you get? Yeah. And filmmakers? Well, I like interviewing anybody who loves what they do. 
Yeah. That's what's interesting to me is somebody who has a passion for doing something because there, it doesn't really, it, it, why they have that passion and how they express that passion. There's everybody's an individual, but also everybody's also caught in the same machine in a weird way. So you never know. I mean, there are people who, <laughs> there are people whose careers are going really, really well. And I know they're going to have a crash and I can see it coming two years out. And it's like, it's coming because things are going too well. Christ. Yeah. Uh With your crystal crystal ball. Well, no, you can feel it with it's human. It's just human that, you know, some people don't really want to be that famous and Mm. some people don't really want to succeed. And some people aren't really sure who they are and, and never really find it. And some people just are who they are. Mm. Um, And there's all kinds of variations on it. And, you know, I, I, there are very few interviews I've done and I used to do 200 a year um, where it was like, I was unhappy to have done the interview because there's always something. There are a few people who are, you know, who will not give you themselves. That's my thing is like, I want to capture the soul. Mm. <laughs> like I'm you know, like taking a picture yeah. of a, a tribesman or something, but, and there are people who, there are certain people who won't do it. Mm. Um, as I said, from early on in this interview, particularly some of the beautiful women, um, mm. who see their careers. I think they, I think they know that they're in a trap because they're going to get older, which doesn't make them not beautiful, but in Hollywood, it's Hollywood. Um, and I think and it's like somehow they don't want to. I don't know if that's it. changing now though. Cause you've got like, I mean, Isabel Hubert and from McDormand and Frances McDormand just abbreviated her name for no reason. <laughs> um, oh, she does go by friend to be fair in that case. Well, you've got these incredible, you know, I mean, it's just. But that's, but yeah. Those are women who are actor, actor, actors. Yeah. yeah. Well, the yeah. French are. That's a whole other group of that whole different mindset usually with the actors from France. Oh, and I the just... British actors are very different than the American actors usually. Mm. Um, yeah, teeth. Although saying that, there are some I, people always people always mention my teeth to me, and I'm just like, <laughs> what am I? What would you rather I do? I mean, I've got to chew through skins of many things, and you know Ben Affleck <laughs> when he went on Armageddon, they. The first time Michael Bay put him in the viewfinder, he had a dentist come in and did $40,000 work on his teeth and changed them all in two days. <laughs> no way. I won't shoot that mouth is the quote that I was given. Oh my God. That's... <laughs> and Ben has perfect teeth now because they've been perfect since Armageddon. Boring. Well, you know, that's the thing is yeah. he's a guy who, you know, definitely fights between making things that are interesting and things that are commercial. Mm-hmm. um there are a lot of them you know and Pitt is the most amazing to me Pitt has always been a character actor mm. he just happens to look like a god <laughs> so it's like if mm. you like that kind of thing I guess <laughs> I don't know you know what I know <laughs> but um yeah but he he's been fighting it his entire career yeah and then I guess like Jack Nicholson greatest and he was so like- odd looking such an odd looking man he is because of his charisma. He's so, so sexy. Yeah. And brilliant. And he was a writer before he was a, you know, he was a writer and director before he was a, an actor, really. And, you know, he really knew the business. Yeah. He worked for Corman. He came up with Corman. No way. And he's in the original oh, Little Shop of Horrors, the black and white one. He is. You're yes. so right. And he's great in it. Um, but he's, yeah, he was, he came up through that place. And uh, wow. so he's like part of the indie filmmaker group of that era. 
which is why he ended up working with Rafelson so much and all that. Yes, yes. And saw um, how movies got made. Yeah. yeah. But amazing yeah. career. And Dustin Hoffman, amazing career. Al Pacino, you know, like none of these guys should have been movie stars, but they're amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And there are plenty of women like that too, but yes. people just haven't, we, we're getting there, I think. Yeah. Well, there's more, you know, there's more female storytelling now, finally. Mm. But, um, and there's just so many great actresses that are under, and in, in a weird way, it's like, I mean, Jessica Lange went through the same kind of thing where mm-hmm. she started not, really not being an actor. She was really a model when she started. And then she became an actor over the course of three or four movies. You know, she figured it out. She's a smart mm. woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer, another one who was not a good actress when she started, became a great actor. Mm. Um, I was just telling friends the other day, I was friends with George Siegel. There's a group of us, there's a table in, at Farmer's Market here in LA where old men meet. <laughs> and we've been getting together for years and George Siegel used to be part of it. And George, I watched the first episode of a series he did called Just Shoot Me. And he was terrible. But oh. by episode five, he had figured it out and he was perfect. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed that greats just were great from the first day, but it's a, it's nice to know that everyone had a little hiccup. Well, I've never seen Hackman give a bad performance. Well, yeah. There are, very, there are few of those in the world, but yeah. yeah, I miss Hackman so much. I'm aware that there are people outside the door. They're I knocking. didn't hear them here. The, the, yeah, they rang the doorbell. Oh, I'm sorry. No, don't okay. be sorry. I'm just aware I can hear them <laughs> speaking through the window. They can probably hear me as well. My doorbell's much closer than yours, I think. My door they're is coming view, they're coming to view the house. I normally interview on the porch here at my home. And um, I had, uh, what's his name? Batman, the new Batman. Rob Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. The lovely Rob Pattinson came over and I said, you know, nobody's actually ever bothered us from below. He goes, oh, this is it. This is it. Wow. <laughs> Nobody noticed he was there for an hour and a half. Jeez. It was lovely. Um, great. Yeah, I've had a lot of lovely people on my porch that nobody notices exist. <laughs> and I had one person who actually like was going to come in the back way because <laughs> they were oh. so worried they were going to get swamped from the from the street to my door. <laughs> but, pe- but people know that you have people over to your house. They know it's like a spot or something. Talent? No, I don't. I never had paparazzi or any of that stuff. I it just huh. we put them off on the porch, and people don't really look up and figure out that certain whoever it is talking and. So they just, nobody's ever, I think once or twice, somebody has said something. Wow. But almost never. Huh. So, which is a very happy thing because it's a, it's, it's comfortable to be home and doing it. Yeah, it is. It's nice. I had to clear the top of that. There was so much junk on top of that to make myself look. Uh... My wife, whatever's going on over here, my wife is very embarrassed by. So, cause she's British. <laughs> oh. So I had to clean up, but I didn't do it. And then she says, you did an interview and you didn't clean the table. And I'm like, okay, I'm just no, an old chaos is Chaos is inspiring. Wait, I got to see if they, if they got to. Are they knocking down the front door? <laughs> yeah, I think they're actually waiting to come in because they're viewing. Okay. The- Good seeing so, you. Lovely to see you. It was really nice to chat. And, um, a pleasure indeed. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to season two. Right. Let's see Hopefully you'll do something before then. Yeah. Yeah. If you decide to <laughs> or not. You're just waiting for good weather in London. Yeah, what a life. (laughs) See you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.